Hello and welcome back to Peter's tonight with me, Morgana. And me, Elle. We've missed you guys. We have. We've missed each other. It's been two whole I weeks. I think so. It has been two whole weeks. I feel like every time... When was it? Was it the other week when we were apart for like two hours and it was like... Yes. It's been so a while. we went to Norfolk with a group of friends from uni when we were still allowed to hang around in groups bigger than six, just to let you know. And um, Morgana stayed at Beach Hut with a couple of our friends and I went with some other friends to play Boole. <laughs> and then I came back and we were like, God, it's been so long. <laughs> it literally been like an hour and a half. <laughs> Absence makes the heart grow fonder. It does. Um, it's our five year anniversary. It today. is our five year anniversary. I can't believe this. This is so unplanned that we are actually hanging out today. I know. But you got it through on Facebook this morning, didn't you? I got no. it through live on Facebook. Got pictures of you driving up to our uni place where we set eyes on each other for the first time. Five years ago, we walked into that disgusting flat. Oh yeah, I know. Isn't that mad? So that is actually mad. I know, and I'm so I'm just sorry to all those people that are starting uni this year. Oh, I know. My brother drives up Drove today. Up. No. Drove up. Why I do know. I know this? I know you messaged him. I'm so glad <laughs> I I almost forgot, and you actually did. Amazing. Um, but anyway, we segue. We, segue. we digress. Um, we've missed the podcast. I feel like so much is happening, and we just haven't had a forum to discuss it. No, I know. Well, I guess. When anything interesting was happening, it was kind of like so. I don't know, all consuming in with like your mind. Do you know what I mean? What You're do you just mean? thinking about everything that was going on. I'm thinking like back to events that were happening in like April, May. Mm, yeah. It was like all consuming, and I think we just again we couldn't see each other, so we didn't have a way to to properly do this. Yeah. Just like we used to, snuggled up in bed. After a dinner for fajitas. Yeah. yeah, we had fajitas last night. Of course we did. And then, yeah, we woke up today and had a little bronchet. Oh, lovely. I know. That's very nice. But yeah, That's we're back. Big. We're digressing again, just because we're like giddy with excitement. That and we seeing just... each other and yeah. being able to record. But um, as we say, lots of events have happened in these past few months. Like we've seen um, the Black Lives Matter movement really like... Take off. Take off. Obviously, coronavirus, we are still, well, very likely heading into a second lockdown. Brilliant. Definitely in a recession. All of these things are happening, and I suppose our topics have traditionally been a bit more on the light-hearted, entertainment-y side of things, talking about, well, the kissing booth, for all those who <laughs> listen to our entertainment episode. Um, but for today, we thought we'd talk about something that has kind of come out of lockdown. And like, I hate that word, though. The word lockdown. I hate it, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's quite a reflective episode, I'd say, Elle. Yeah. With everything moving online... Like, how this is going to affect generations moving forward. Particularly crystallised in TikTok. TikTok! <laughs> I literally am Elle so excited to talk about this. I'm a huge fan of. I'm actually addicted. I think I'm obsessed. I think you are addicted, yeah. Yeah. And I'm, like, not as into it, really. No. And sometimes Elf comes out with these phrases and she just does this little <laughs> smile afterwards as if, like, do you get it? And I'm like, um... No, I, I don't get that no, reference. I but I think I'm going to be learning them all. You were, you were chuckling this morning at the ones I was showing you. Yeah, yeah, no, there are some good ones on there for yeah. sure. I feel like I just need to invest the time and get the algorithm to suit me. You do. We'll talk about this. But we yeah, basically, about it. you made that sound really profound talking about being reflective and then you basically yeah, just said that we're going to talk about internet, TikTok and some other events that have happened this like this past week. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's going to be like a reflective cultural pop culture but also Mishmash. me and Elle just chatting rubbish. Yeah, as I mean, always. you could probably guess from the way this has started. Our <laughs> intro, how long has it been? We've been going on for a good four minutes now. It's giving the people what they want, Elle. 
it's the chemistry. The chemistry. Yeah, great chemistry all the time, yeah. Right, should we get into it? Yeah, let's jump in. Right, Elle, I think I'm going to let you start as the TikTok queen. Go on, tell us what it's all about. You've got the floor. Oh, I'm so excited. Um, Okay, so I just want to caveat that obviously, like most people our age, before lockdown, um, I was like, TikTok is God. How weird is my 13-year-old? How embarrassing doing dances. How weird is that? And I even resisted it. I would say through April and then May hit. And I just don't know why. I think my friend Abby from work started sending me little tickety tocks and I was like these are quite funny and then I wanted to save them so I had to make an account to save them and now I have about 300,000 videos <laughs> saved because I just chuckled so much so yeah TikTok for those of you that haven't succumbed to downloading it yet um, is basically a platform where you can create I think like 30 second to a minute videos but they're pretty quick um, and I do actually believe that before lockdown it was kind of a platform for young generation like people in school um like high school age and then people have just found it as a great way to express how they're feeling and just like bring some light entertainment to um coronavirus times god i'm talking about it like it's a really profound it thing is. um but honestly i just i can't believe how funny people are oh like, yeah just and i just love how it's just ordinary people that manage to create like this content that just makes your day and it's there are so we will talk about in a minute like tiktok Mm. famous people but more than that like the for you page is kind of a page that's create created for you based on um sort of like content and videos that you spend time on yeah the um, algorithm and that you like personalized isn't it algorithm is the best algorithm i've ever like experience <laughs> because every I would say every other video is like a, a hit with me I'm like yeah that's exactly a bit of me that's how they get you yeah they do um so I now I just found I find Instagram so boring See, how this, was that enough for me before I've got theories about this actually oh, I have been on. thinking way in I think about well we are borderline generation Z and millennial yes that is our age but I think like the millennial stereotypes are very much like coffee Instagram anxiety Harry Potter houses um whereas generation z are more like supposed to be more fluid and like individual and you don't really you don't define them by like their socioeconomic class they're more like individualistic which matches with the personalized algorithm yeah and like how that kind of stuff would appeal to them also it's kind of a reaction against polished instagram inauthentic because it's very authentic like people generally looking a bit shit or I don't know just people being funny messy like real lives even if it's and if and if it's about something that's like I don't know boring or like basic it's relatable to everyone whereas like on Instagram you maybe look like you're going on this amazing holiday and you make it look as if you do that all the time when everyone knows you actually don't do that all the time yeah that's true that's not the attitude on TikTok yeah the attitude on TikTok is get out everything embarrassing about yourself because everyone exactly find it funny. yeah whereas it's like cream of the crop polished on instagram and then everything else is like tiktok yeah and also like the speed of it and the fact that it's video all just kind of appeals yeah you commented today on how like fast i would it's scroll so through. fast i can't quite believe it yeah and i can tell instantly if i'm gonna enjoy the video or not yeah but it's made this is the problem though i now can't concentrate as well like reading for me is oh, just really? I mean well I've been in a reading rut for a couple of months oh yeah I think a lot of people experience that in but now I can't like, concentrate because I'm used to like 
content that lasts what 30 seconds and I literally just flip and scroll to the next piece and I'm like only engaged for those 30 seconds wow. in each like topic that's something that advertisers are gonna have to consent with isn't no, it no there's so many advertisements on there and they're already linking up with um tiktok famous people yeah, yeah. can we talk about this because yes. this is the latest and it's so well interestingly timed with the kardashians ending and yes. then this rise of TikTok famous people. Because you were telling me about them. I forget their name now. The house. house yeah. Of... So basically, um, I was telling Morgana last night about TikTok. <laughs> um, so there's a, ha- a house called the Hype House in yeah. America, which is full of these t- literally teenagers. I think mm. the oldest one is probably like 22 and then the youngest is probably like 16. And they um, are, were basically ordinary people like at college and at school and stuff who just create started creating like mostly dancing videos and they're mm. all like really good looking obviously as well um and they've become tiktok famous for like making up the most sim- like simple dances even though they're really like they are actually quite talented at dancing um and they all live together and they create content together and they a lot of them have dropped out of college amazing i know to pursue a tiktok career and they have sponsors like um Hollister wow. like as as sponsorship and um there's rumors rumors about them having kind of like a show and like you just said the Kardashians has come to an end on E and what are they going to be looking for a way to engage the next generation because I do think the Kardashians is a millennial that has a millennial true. following and mm-hmm. I think you know Kylie and Kendall that's where the younger generation kind of like yeah have their interests but now they're in their twenties. One's got a child that makes that does make her less relatable, right? Like, yeah, that's true. Actually, she's. I mean, relatable. I don't know how relatable she was anyway. Like, literally, her birthday parties were just what hiring <laughs> yeah, out Disneyland or I don't know whatever it was. Um, but no, it's interesting. It like reminds me of the days back when like Zoella was one of the first YouTubers, I'd say, and I think everyone kind of like was like, oh, how can you make a career out of that? But for yeah. these young TikTokers, it's like, well, maybe you should ride the wave now because the next thing is going to come in in the next few years. Yeah, that's true, actually. Well, YouTube's still sticking around, like... Yeah, and the influencers on there still get money, don't they? Oh, for sure, definitely. But it is interesting how... I mean, Instagram's picked up on the TikTok trend and they've created Reels, which is Mm. essentially the same thing. It will actually... It'll be interesting to see um, whether everybody transitions over to using Instagram as, like, the only platform. So in the way that... Instagram was photos, Snapchat was for sending pictures and putting up stories. Yeah. And now I would say from my view, and maybe you would agree, that less people use Snapchat and people have transitioned over to using Instagram stories. Wasn't that because Kylie Jenner made a shady comment about Snapchat yes. and it literally died she, overnight? It literally died overnight, that, yeah. Like, that level of influence actually blows my mind. I know. So is that going to happen when... So Instagram's, you know, taken the platform of Snapchat. It's got its own platform of being um, photo sharing and now it's created reels which is essentially a tiktok copy of like short clip videos Mm -hmm. are people going to move over to tiktok because that's one platform when you can create you can curate your whole brand because you've got the polished pictures you've got the stories which are a bit more like personal like oh i'm just going shopping today on your instagram story and then you've also got the reels which is like performed short content do you understand what i mean yeah Oh, Will they know. succeed in doing that? Because at the moment it doesn't look that way because I think TikTok's still growing, but then there's a the whole issue with TikTok that it's like Chinese owned and America. But there was this rumour. It was yes. actually quite funny. Yeah. When was this like July? I saw or memes August? about this. Yeah, there was Cash a rumor. memes. <laughs> there was a rumor oh, gosh, so millennial. Oh, yeah. There was a rumour that um that TikTok was gonna be banned 
uh, in America by Trump. And all the TikTokers were like in America were like panicking and being like, follow my own Instagram and I'm going to create content there and follow me on YouTube. So, you know, if that did happen, then they would have to move. But isn't, oh, well, my theory was that TikTok was kind of a rejection of that like polished Instagram feed. But then I suppose, I suppose you see just fine. It's the brand though, isn't it? But being like a reality star, a relatable person, it's all about like curating your own personal brand. And and if there's one platform to like, do that in multiple forms then it would be instagram yeah if reels hits off i haven't done reels yet i'm not this is just such a problem for and also i should just caveat i don't know i don't know how like clear cut the generation lines are i feel like i'm talking very stereotypically of millennials and like this is generalizing and i know there are blurs and exceptions but like i don't know part of me like this is such a future generation problem like to have that much of yourself online mm. is crazy. Like, I've got my old Facebook statuses, which I'm mortified by. But at least my face isn't on them. And I'm not doing a dance and I know it hasn't been downloaded by anyone, you know? Yeah. Like, that's still deletable. And then obviously for our parents, they didn't really have that kind of record. But for all of these guys who are so young... I know I sound like a bit of a cautious cowl here. But, like, look at all of that content online that could be used against you. No, it is, it's so true. I watched, so um, this is segueing, but I watched the Stacey Dooley spy cam documentary, like mm-hmm. in South Korea the other day. It's called Molka. It's like, that's the name of the crime when you plant these spy cameras everywhere. And L, they are literally the size of like a needle head. Like, you know, on a hairbrush when it's got the little Bubbles. bristles, mm. you can put one in there and they cost like 25 pounds and easily accessible. It can be live streamed. You can just plant them everywhere. And there are like, thousands of them everywhere it's disgusting it's so disgusting and so awful and it's just like there are bound to be a few of those in the uk do you no honestly do you think that because that scares the living hell out of me i just think like i think it is a bigger problem there obviously and i think a part of the reason why it's so systemic there is because they went into it that there's no real punishment honestly one it's first time get a warning second time bigger warning third time another one it's not till the fourth time that you get caught doing this crime, like you get caught, like selling it, being or, caught, yeah, yeah. But you've got to be caught four times in order to do any kind of like um, jail time. I don't understand that. How? I don't know. It's they just get away with it. That's the problem. That's the problem with the system. So there's no incentive for people to not do it because it makes such the system so such messed ma- up. What, how much so I'd hope. Bring in? Do you know? I don't know. I think it's probably similar to the porn industry. That's ridiculous. Because they're putting it up, like, up these videos. Um, but it's so horrific. Like, obviously, the people who are filmed, like, unknowingly, like, the trauma that they go through because they're just like, I don't know who's seen that. Like, all of this. Yeah, it's a really awful, like, trend. And it's scary because that's just so- obviously such a recent trend. Like, it's only in recent years that technology would get it down to the point where a camera can be that size. That's, yeah, insane. And planted yeah terrifying not that i'm saying the tiktokers are heading this way but it no, is but just like how, a, like, like online evolves and yeah how that can then become, yeah and like i really hope that doesn't come over here anymore. i really hope it doesn't come over here do you know but, who won't let that happen oh gina martin Gina Martin. She will not let that happen. A queen. I know. That was mentioned in the documentary, actually. Was it? Yeah, well, oh, because the upskirting um, rules only came in the UK. What was? When did she push it through? Twenty nineteen. Yeah, it was very a of years shockingly after recent. The happened to her. Yeah. Yeah. So that's crazy. She would not let that happen. Yeah. Someone should text her and warn her it's coming. And Gina, we trust. I know. Yeah. 
I want to watch the documentary. <laughs> I'll send her a link. Stacey! <laughs> oh, I listened to Pandora's interview with Stacey. Oh, yeah, what do you think? I liked it. I thought it was good. I really like Stacey. Stacey is so personable, isn't she? Oh, she's great. I'm a big fan. I think she gets a lot of hate. Is this because of the Strictly thing? No, I just think... I think well, she, do, she addresses it in that interview, but I think some people think she's unprofessional because she's got a Luton accent. Oh, and, and she's just she's nice. like empathetic. And empathetic, yeah. yeah exactly and a woman that. interviewing people. Yeah. yeah, but no, I think she's really good. I love her. Her book's her very style. good as well. Plug. Oh, God. Her <laughs> style is impeccable. Yeah. She is a Zara Mango ad. Oh, my God. she That is all she wears. Yeah. Very camel. Oh, white, camel and black. The gold earrings. Yeah. Yeah, that's very much Stacey's yeah. look. Um, anyway, we've no, gone straight off. Fan. So, yes. Oh, let's talk quickly. Sorry, we're going back to the link between the Kardashians and TikTok stars. Oh, yeah. Just to mention that, so one of the biggest TikTok stars is this girl called As- Addison Ray. She's in her teens. That just keeps like making me think of Addison Lee, the taxis. I can't unhear <laughs> it. I can't unhear it. But okay, go on. Um, Addison Ray, And she has been in the spotlight recently because she's befriended Kourtney Kardashian. Right, so I think this yeah, is an interesting topic because everyone who... D- so she gets a lot of hate, bless her. I mean, she is just a young girl making videos. How old is she at the moment? I think she must be 19. Oh, wow. Yeah, and and like you said, you know, mistakes can be made and they're recorded. I don't actually... I don't follow mm. her, so I don't really know what she's done to warrant a lot of hate, but people just take the piss out of what she wears and how she dances. Yeah. Um. But she has befriended Kourtney Kardashian. Mm-hmm. Um. And I just think it's interesting that that generation link. So this this story sort of involves three generations. So obviously, Courtney Kardashian is like forty two years old, a mother of three, um, in one of the biggest shows of all time. That show has now come to an end. Yeah. Um, and then her son Mason is twelve, I think twelve or thirteen. Oh. And he is obviously the TikTok generation, so he's been watching TikTok. And he saw Addison on there and thought she was really fun. And so he asked his mum, Courtney, to reach out to Addison to, like, meet her. So then Addison came and met the family and started, like, hanging out with him, like, babysitting him. And now Addison Ray's been on, like, all these holidays with, like, Courtney, Mason and Scott. That's so bonkers, isn't it? So imagine. So, yeah, so everybody's sort of saying, oh, Addison's using Courtney Kardashian for the fame, blah, blah, blah. I think it's the other way around. Yes, I definitely see that. It's the way to stay relevant, isn't it? So if their show's coming to an end and you need to engage a new generation of people in your personal brand... Yeah. Then you need to have a link to someone that they are interested in, i.e. Courtney needs to engage with Addison because it will bring a new younger audience to Courtney's personal brand if she's seen with someone that they idolise. It's mutually beneficial relationship. Um, By the way, segue, I haven't actually read that much about the end of the Kardashians. Who brought that about? Because I can't imagine it was Chris. Well, I guess... Do you know what? Courtney's not wanted to be as involved in the show for years. Doesn't that go against our current point? Well, no, because the show's finished, but she still needs people to know who she is. So for branding, it's not saying she wants to be in a show with Addison, but if she's pictured with her, that will bring people to her Instagram. That's her personal brand. She's got a brand called Pooch. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's links to to engage. Um, Mm -hmm. And if you're saying that, well, this is another point, the younger generation, I say the younger generation, I know that, again, we've mentioned, you know, there's like blurred lines where you slip into a bit of both, which is a really odd thing, isn't it? Um, but say the younger generation aren't watching long form things any videos anymore, i.e., an hour episode of the Kardashians, and they're watching 30, thirty second clips. Is the way to engage that generation Z 
not to have a show like the Kardashians, which would be expensive, but to create free short form videos that you can get subscribed and subscribed to and sponsored for. Yeah. So then if, if, if Courtney is linked with Addison and she appears in a couple of videos, she's not giving away her whole life. She's not giving up anything personal. She's doing some silly dances. Yeah. And she's still getting people coming to her brand and she's still getting sponsorship. She's still getting money. But the thing with Courtney for years with the Kardashians is she didn't want to give up that much of her personal life which um, the show demanded. So, um, no, it does work that yeah. she would want to. So, I think she's wanted to leave for years. Obviously, Kanye's had a lot of mental health oh, issues yes. and public yeah, kind of outbursts. Yeah. So, I I think Kim probably was thinking, let's wrap this up. Like, this is not looking... Think? Well, yeah, it doesn't really... In a quit while you're ahead kind of way yeah, as well. Yeah, and take control of it yourself a bit more. Do you think lockdown could have helped cause it like literally they have less content because they're not going out and doing stuff i don't know because what was their content before the content wasn't really them doing stuff it was just them discussing things that were happening in the public eye yeah interesting i know very interesting so i do think yeah this tiktok generation it'd be so interesting to see what happens with them and whether they get their own show like that or whether they stick to this platform how the crossover is going to happen with millennials? Will they start engaging in TikTok more? Because I think a lot so. of millennials are on TikTok. Yeah, no, definitely. Because I follow, I would say I follow more millennial age on TikTok than I do younger than my age. Yeah. And we're 20, oh, we're 23. That sounds so old. <laughs> I don't think that sounds old. I think that sounds really old. Oh, I've seen funny tweets about like those are the people who, like, that's the age people feel most sorry for at the moment. 23. 23. Well, 24. I agree, I agree mate. Why 24? I don't know. Well, there's loads of things. Yeah, like, we not lived through the 2008 recession, but, like, we were coming of age in the 2008 recession and our parents were affected by that. So you kind of had to watch that from, like, a distance, but you were still of the age where you could be fearful of how that would impact your family. Like, I remember being anxious. Well, I didn't know it was anxiety then, but, like, feeling anxious or nervous during that time when, like, your parents' jobs were at risk. Yeah. And then obviously built it back up and now we're the ones that are like starting off work. I mean, thankfully we've both been really lucky to keep our jobs. Yeah. I know that's not the case for a lot of people our age and it is, it's not great, is it? No, it's not great. But I've actually got so much faith in this younger generation. Like, even looking at the TikToks, everyone is so funny. Everyone is so funny. The activists, emotional trauma creates humour, are so young. I can't quite comprehend. They're all like 12, 13. Yeah. It blows my mind. And I don't know, we've like, obviously, we talk about social media all the time (laughs) and like how it's like can have its bad side effects but also can be such like an empowering tool. But at the end of the day, it is that you can control your own Mm. image. Or you have more um, control. More control over your image. Which was really interesting tying in with this week. Um, did you see the Chris Evans thing? No, news? can you tell me about this? So basically, Chris Evans posted something, not sure what it was, like on, was it even on Twitter? Instagram? Some kind of social thing. Get your face um, right. I know. <laughs> the first part of the story is a little bit blurred. But basically <laughs> he like posted his camera roll. And in his camera roll, you could see a dick pic. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. So that was what it was. But and he took it down really quickly, but obviously not quick enough because people had like grabbed it and shared was it, it just and blah, a blah, dick blah, blah. Was body and face in it as well? I think body and face. Um, but anyway, everyone knew it was him. 
And it became like a hashtag, obviously, Chris Evans, because the news was that his nudes had leaked. But um, He accidentally leaked his own leaked his Yeah, own accidentally leaked his own nudes. <laughs> I know. Um, but basically, fans kind of co-opted the hashtag and turned it into literally... So when you type in Chris Evans, you wouldn't see Chris Evans' nude. You'd see Chris Evans, a picture of him with puppies, or Chris Evans at a hospital visiting children. And, like, his celebrity friends kind of jumped on it, like, oh, Chris Evans, don't worry. I think Mark Ruffalo tweeted, like, oh, don't worry, nothing will be ever as embarrassing as Trump being president. Chris Evans is a great person, or something like that. And then, so basically, they all turned it into a really positive thing about, like, Chris Evans is great. Mm. And it was so good. And you kind of view it as, like, a bit of a post, I don't know, post Me Too moment where people realise that kind of violation of privacy is bad. Yes. But then there was the flip side and then news stories a few hours later became, hey, why wasn't there this reaction when Jennifer Lawrence's nudes leaked? Yeah. Or back in day, Vanessa Hutchins' nudes oh, leaked. Gosh, that, that was... Weird. She was only like 16. I think at the time it was because everyone's like, oh my God, Gabriella would never. And then it was just like, Vanessa Hutchins is a different person. Yeah. She's allowed to take nudes. Just not for them to be shared. But um, yeah, no started quite an interesting discussion but then off the back of that like i think today it's already turned back around to the point where it's like everyone's viewing this as a sexist double standard but um like jennifer lawrence's career wasn't impacted and to be honest most of the press was saying that it was bad to i think in that situation her nudes were hacked so that was that was different. It, that was a violation of that was yeah she was, her phone was hacked and those were never exactly meant to be seen by but I still think, even though I'm sure there were press pieces that were defending her and saying this is a horrible thing to happen to her, I think I still did get pick up that like negative reaction of like, oh, why would she do that? She's got oh, a young 100%, fan base. 100%. Whereas I haven't seen like like there was literally none of that. For Chris Which Evans is really interesting because they have, if you think about it, sort of similar characters in the sense mm. that it's like a superhero slash yeah, like yeah, exactly. I guess you could view Katniss as sort of like a yeah like a superhero yeah. way. So if you're using that argument against her, then surely that. Not that it should be, but could have been used against yeah. Chris Evans. Exactly. Very interesting, so interesting debate. Yeah, I'll be interested to see how that goes on. But it's like, maybe it is just recent times. Like, mm. this is the most recent nude leak and this was the positive reaction. But it would be interesting to see if, like, say the next big nude leak were a woman. No, would the reaction you know be the same? I think no. Because I think there's more... Is it schadenfreude? What's that again? It's the... I only know it from the office US, because Dwight <laughs> says it, but um, it's like the feeling of being happy at someone else's downfall or dismay. Ooh. So, like, getting a little kick out of, um, out of someone else, like, failing at something. Or... So someone mighty falling. Kind of, yeah. And I think there's more schadenfreude against women or oh. surrounding women and are with men. Why? Um, Internalised misogyny. Ooh. Yeah, I can't. I'm, I'm just dropping that bomb in there. <laughs> but if you think about it, like with Jennifer Lawrence, she's obviously like absolutely stunning, very talented, and she was so very is young, still well sexist, loved. Like sexist. everyone wanted to be Jennifer Lawrence's yeah. best friend. So yeah, exactly. And she's not really on social media, actually. I don't think she well, is. She's probably bloody scarred, isn't she? Well, she probably is. So I think there's I more like Schadenfreude surrounding that because women have like a to what we were brought up to. Yeah, to have internalised misogyny and be competitive and, and kind of like mm. feel maybe a little bit of glee when someone that you are a bit envious of or... 
Well, interesting. There is something we can compare it to because also in the news this week. God, it's as if um our podcast is really well timed. It's as if our podcast is really really about pop culture. Anyway, um, (laughs) Emily Ratajkowski's story about her. She had an article in the that she wrote in the cut this week about controlling her own image and owning her own image. Um, Shall I sum it up quickly? It was basically. Um, she went to this model photo shoot out in the sticks. There was this male photographer. This was back in the day, right? Back in the day, yeah. pre Gone Girl success. Um, and she went out there and she was doing like a photo shoot with him. There was a female makeup artist there at the time, but she was getting more and more drunk. Like they were just drinking wine as the pictures were being taken. Mostly underwear pictures, also some nudes. Um, and then she also claims that that night when the female makeup artist went to bed, that her and the male photographer that he um assaulted her. Mm. Um, but anyway, yeah, she obviously left that like feeling horrible, but went on to like greater success, was in films, and like her career really took off. And then after her career took off, um, this book came out called Emily Ratajkowski, and like all her friends messaged her like, oh, I didn't realize you did a book, and it was basically a book like all the images from this photo shoot. There must have been hundreds, mm. but her like naked and pouting and everything, and he'd like yeah published a book about like of her um, totally unauthorized and she got into like a bit of a legal argument to try and reclaim her images but they couldn't and he published two more after that question go on you're obviously in the publishing world right um how is it legal that somebody can publish a book the name of somebody like it's a brand yeah without their permission but i'm wondering about you know like unauthorized biographies Mm. how are they allowed I don't really know. They're unauthorised. They're not a biography of... Oh, I guess it's... No, they are a biography, not an autobiography. But yeah, like, how's that allowed? Are you allowed to use somebody's name as a selling point for something that yeah. they haven't given consent for? I suppose journalists do it all the time, don't they? What with but articles? But yeah, not what I really know. I feel like reporting, reporting news in a news article format is different to creating a book with a sole... Like, subject is that person and the name is used as like a brand to sell that book yeah that feels very different i know i agree and that's where like the controversy comes in i read in that emily article because i actually only managed to read half of it i need to read the rest but you've summarized kind of the second half yeah but in the first half she talks about on a on a, a lesser kind of like serious assaulty scale mm-hmm. the fact that um one of her so she had a she had a photo taken of her by a pap and she put that photo on her Instagram and then he sued her. Yeah. I know. How does that work? It's so crazy, isn't it? Like not having the rights Image to your ownership. own images. Yeah. And another one where she said, um, so she'd put up an Instagram picture uh-huh. and an artist basically took the photo and put it on a canvas. Yeah. And sold it as a painting for loads of money and she had to spend her own money to buy that. I know, isn't that so, so it was crazy? I know, but this is where it all comes in. Like, I don't know the future of Instagram or TikTok and everyone like posting all these pictures online. Is this? I mean, I know this is an extreme example because she's in the public eye, but like, can things go this way? I think we talked touched on um sharenting before in the podcast. Yeah, but you know, let's, like let's kids who were like obviously children and baby pictures are being posted in Facebook albums mm. now rather than just in physical copies like in your house, and those kids who are being photographed are now like our age or like are growing up to be old enough to literally sue their parents yeah. for the rights to their own image because their parents have put it in the public eye. I follow um a mummy blogger 
or well, I don't. I actually follow so many mummy bloggers. Really, I need to talk yeah. to you about this. Not like mummy, mummy ones, but they're all like quite young and they're okay. really fashionable. And I kind of, I'm like, I'm gonna look like that when I'm a mum. <laughs> um, nice. And one of them basically put up the other day that um, images someone someone had created a troll had created an account that was like replicating her own and pretending and using pictures of this woman's children, pretending it was her children. Oh. And she was like, please, can you report this account? Like, blah, blah, blah. And then she put, please, no one point out how, awf- like, how the dangers of sharing photos of your, like, children is so awful. I already feel horrendous. Oh, but then, wow. interestingly, you know, like, that's her main source of income to, like, brand collaborate with. Mm. So, yeah, what's the ethics behind? I guess it's obviously personal. You can do what you want with your own children within reason. But, yeah, like, that is quite scary that when you think about it, people can use pictures of your children for whatever they want because they're on these platforms that you have no ownership over them anymore oh it's so terrifying um let me ask you Elle how do you feel now firstly a about posting your own images and videos and content right knowing that everything we've talked about Stacey Dooley like Sharon Tig whatever like that they have the potential to be like weaponized or like monetized against you yeah because you're such a celebrity. Because I'm such a celebrity. Answer, how do you feel about your child being in the same okay, situation? Okay, interesting. Um, I don't post anything on TikTok. I just view. I'm a voyeur. Voyeur. <laughs> um, so, and I don't think I would. Um, I'm not that funny, unfortunately. Oh, so. rubbish. I actually think you'd be great on TikTok. I, I mean, the listeners of the podcast probably don't know this, but Elle was actually a really good dancer. Oh, shut <laughs> up. You would be so good on TikTok. Um, and then I would say, do you know what? Maybe I'm a bit conscious of that image sharing and kind of like image perception because my Instagram is private and has been since we've been working. Yeah. And for me, I think that's the um, reminder that like anyone can do what they want with your images and anyone can view them because I don't want people from work that I see in a professional capacity to be able to have access to my personal life. And that sounds quite close off, but I'm I'm a very open person, you know, I'll go into work and tell people what I do at the weekend. Obviously if they wanted to, they could listen to this yeah, yeah, yeah. podcast. But yeah, I don't think that ev- I wouldn't want everyone to have access to that to everything in my personal life. Um, saying that I'm also I'm a bad one for posting a lot of stories when I'm a bit drunk. I don't think you post that many. Okay, good. No. I do a lot on close friends to be honest. Um, <laughs> And but even that, that's controlled. So I think I think I'm probably subconsciously aware of the fact that I don't want my image to be manipulated out of my control. What Not that it would about, be because say no your child is yeah. a big active poster, always documenting what they're doing, stories each day, lots of pictures. Are you gonna step in and be like, hey, I think you're posting a lot of content. Sure, you want to do this? Yeah, hundred percent. I think because you don't know once it's out there, it's out there, isn't it? Yeah, I think. Well, this will be interesting because I guess with my sister. Yes. Because we don't know how it's going to be in what ten years time when I have hopefully have children. Mm. But right now, my sister's ten. Going to be ten next m- t- uh, next month. Oh God, that's very soon. I need to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a month and a half. I've got a bit of time. <coughs> oh, sorry, just knocked over mm-hmm. my glass in fear of how old my sister mm-hmm. is and so I think that's a good comparison because she will be in this TikTok age yeah. she's asked my dad for a YouTube before and I said to him I don't think you should allow her to have one because for him he doesn't know what that means like he's just like yeah cool have a YouTube like I'm like well I understand who can access that who can see that what can be saved what can be manipulated so 
I think I will probably have a chat with her in the next year or so when she starts to ask for social media and just try and make her aware as from an early age that yeah. yeah well it should be taught in schools it definitely should be I think for us we grew up in a bit of a clunky stage yeah the transition the transition but but not the worst because things were not as viral as they are and like you said you know a Facebook status it you probably wrote stupid ones before screenshotting was a thing. Exactly. Whereas now it's straight away it's screenshotting, there's screen recording, there's yeah, everything. Agreed. So I think yeah, I think I'll definitely have a conversation with my sister slash I would have a conversation with my child and make like almost like a sex ed conversation, but like an internet conversation. Yeah, I think that's necessary now. What about you with the image thing? Yeah, I would agree with you in that I'm always I think I'm very conscious of what I post always. I think, I don't know, it was kind of drilled into me that, like, once it's out there, it's out there forever. Yeah. So just whatever you post, you've got to be happy with every person in your life being able to see it, I suppose. Um, And, yeah, oh, I think I'm quite an analogue person as it is. What does that mean? Well, I'm just not very techie. Oh, God. Don't really like my WhatsApp. Don't you really don't, yeah. um like all these kind of gadgets. So all I think these with, gadgets, all these gadgets, these technical things, talk tick. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I think I'll be the same. Like, yeah, putting some controls in place. But we're just gonna have to accept that they will be better at this than us. Oh, for sure, they'll be teaching. Like our kids will teach us about social media. Exactly. Which is, which so it's like, how thing. much control can you do? All you can do is say, like, there are dangers, because at the end of the day, they will be able to go. Well, I think that's you. the thing. You probably have to actively. You'll have to also actively learn how platforms are changing. So when I'm a when I'm a parent or with my sister, like if I hear there's a new platform, I should be engaging in that and finding out. Stay down with the kids. I.e., this is my excuse for being on TikTok. You know, my sister's probably going to get it soon. I need to to know what's going on. (laughs) You're really doing it for the good of the next gen. It's just for the gen, you know. But yeah, I think that's interesting isn't it image protection you've only recently gone private on your instagram so i know yeah yeah it's true i mean we say all this about our privacy and we literally are just posting a podcast with all of our thoughts i know well i'll advertise it this time i'm not ashamed but um you're not ashamed i'm not, not ashamed, ashamed of us I'm not ashamed. <sighs> no that was a very interesting discussion now shall we move just on to the next on the for that one. <laughs> let's, let's go on to the next thing Onto Morgana's favourite segment of the podcast, it's consuming. We actually didn't do one in the last one, so... I know, we just got too overexcited by Kissing Booth, didn't we? We got the Kissing Booth too. What a film, what a film. Um, anyway, would you like to kick off and tell me what you've been watching in the last five million months since we did the podding? I know, quite a lot to choose from, so I've cherry-picked. Um, I think I'll begin with the latest phenomena, Selling Sunset. Oh my god, oh, tell us about it. In. I feel like you're better at the descriptions. Oh, God, pass it back over. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll go into depth. Go on. Or do you want me... Yeah, to describe what the show is. Okay. So the show is um, a sort of, like, set-up reality show um, in America based in L.A. Um, and it follows a group of people who work at the Oppenheim Group, which is a kind of, like, very exclusive... Um, real estate agents for the mega rich like mega i love it mega rich like the minimum i've seen a house be advertised for is like five million 
so good. And then the maximum is that one at the moment, which is like, what, 78? Yeah, like 75 million or something. 75 million. So it's for the mega rich, and it basically follows the two twins, brothers who um, who run it, are on, on the board for it, and then about five or six of the women in the office who um, are the realtors who go around and kind of sell the um, real estate. But the best part is is that it also follows their personal lives. So I oh. think it's the perfect reality show because it's reality shit that you get in, like, <laughs> Real Housewives where you get all the drama. But then there's actually substance to it and there's a purpose to the show existing, which is not just them pottering about their daily lives. It's them selling amazing houses that are also interesting to look at. Like, I literally watch it and I'll be like, oh, not worth that. Shouldn't have done that with the floor. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. some realtor. I completely agree. Definitely layers to it. Um, there will be spoilers in this discussion, so if you haven't yet watched Selling Sunset, please do skip ahead because I want to just get Elle's thoughts on some serious okay. topics here. Okay. Opinions. Firstly, Christine. Okay, I can't lie. I I've not really ever liked her. Yeah. Um, and I know people were like, "She's a boss bitch. She's a bad bitch." No, she's just not a very nice person, and I genuinely believe that. Yeah. Um, I think she belittles people a lot of the time. She tries to create um kind of like what's the word F- factions in the group yes do you know what i mean like she if she doesn't like someone no one else are like allowed to like them and if they like them a little bit or engage with them you're not in my group anymore i'm not going to sit with you now i've got a problem with you even though we've been friends for years agreed agreed um i think that she i think she's probably oh god can i say this about somebody i want to drag her but i think she must be really insecure to act the way that she does because I know a bit of it is performative I think a lot of it is performative though my theory is well she's very money obsessed but I think she's just like see this is the thing I wonder how much of it is what we're seeing for the telly and I do think even if it is just for the telly why do you have to be as bitchy as she is but also it's like so obviously performative that she's like living in this fantasy like the the wedding the wedding was insane. But I also didn't really judge her for that because I was like, why not? When you've got a TV crew, why oh, yeah. not have the most extra wedding you can have? Because she's got the most ridiculous money anyway. Um, yeah. Do you know what? I do respect her for her I think she's ethic. smart, though. That's, That's the, thing. the thing. She's got a business mind. And she. I think you're right. It's performative and she's, she knows yeah. how to play up to it. She knows what clothes she needs to wear. She knows what airs she needs to put on and how she needs to act. Exactly. But I do think... I think my issue is that I think Chriselle and Mary genuinely nice people yeah and, and so i and i just find it so then it just upsets me it's like well they, they've never done anything mean to no, you no no so why do you have to put this on extra yeah she's unnecessarily mean yeah and i won't forgive her for that but i do think she is like the most yeah business brain i think she's just a bit competitive Very as well competitive. like possessive of mary and just like feels like she needs to be the best and also like heather and Davina are just people who are friendless and have no friends. A, because Heather's obsessed with all the men in her life. And Davina, because she's a bit of a wet wipe. Yeah. So they've just, like, rallied around Christine. And Christine isn't happy that those are her, her only lackeys. Minions, She'd yeah. rather have Mary actually respecting her. But yes. Mary can't respect her because God, she's mean. so true. Oh, I know, Elle. Yeah, there's so much to say, I isn't know. there, really? I know. And do you know what really... I think we're mainly probably going to talk about the third series in this. Oh, yeah. Because it's the most relevant. If you haven't seen it, what are you doing with your life? Catch up. I told the people to leave. <laughs> Who hadn't listened. Spoilers ahead. I did say, people. But season three, I just think when... How disgusting... Like, genuinely, it made me angry. How disgusting of Davina and Heather and Christine to talk about Chriselle's husband filing for divorce. And the way they were discussing it was... 
schadenfreude i'm gonna say it again oh. they were gleeful that she was unhappy. yeah no they definitely and were and they were digging so rather than being like oh my god her husband's left her how awful poor thing you know everything's not as it seems that's horrendous let's support her even though even if we don't get on everything's bad they were literally like let's nitpick at this i met him once i met him the ex-husband once justin and he was really nice to me so how could how you know how could he do this if he's exactly. just a really nice you met him once you don't know what's so going on. ridiculous i know they were awful, yeah. awful they kept all, all they kept saying was um there's two sides to every story yeah there is but you should be because the person you know is Chriselle. You should be on exactly. Chriselle's side. And the, of the story. whole of the news and just everything and everyone is telling you that Michelle was that Chriselle was really shocked by this. And they take his side because he said hello nicely. Yeah. It was so obscene. Um before we move on from Selling Sunset, I just want to throw in my favourite fact that I discovered oh, about Chriselle. I've told you this. About her name oh, and how she got it. Yes. Chriselle got her name um because her mum gave birth in a shell petrol station and the attendant who called the ambulance was called chris i actually love it i actually love that it's wikipedia verified creative energetic never <laughs> been done before 100 unique <laughs> gaga has words for every situation oh i'm glad you picked up on that but one. yeah no that um, was that's a good one that's a good we, show what do we expect for the next series because i feel like the third series was basically centered on two events which was chriselle's husband filing for divorce and Christine's wedding. And it felt very much... You know Orange is the New Black when the series was just about that one day? Yeah. It felt very much like that, like... Oh, well, I think... I don't know how big Selling Sunset was in America, but it's only off the, off the back of the third season that it's become big here. Right. So is it only now that it's gone properly viral? And only now that... I mean, you're, you're, we're probably going to see them acting a bit more like, oh, I know everyone talks about me. And it'll be like they're more famous now. Yeah, that's true. Um, might bring in another character, who knows? Oh, interesting. I Maya is going to leave, for sure. Really? Yeah. She wasn't really in the fifth, third series. I, I mean, mean, she's having a second child and her husband lives... Child. Oh, she has. Yeah, because it was a year ago. And he lives... Um, in Miami. Yeah, in Miami. And yeah. also she gets annoyed that she's just as good a realtor as Mary and she doesn't get as much. I do think that's true. Do you think that's true? Because she I think, gets opportunities as well. She gets the renovation opportunities that she gets taken to. Yeah. But if you're... But I think she does get, like, I understand her annoyance more than I understand the other's annoyance. Oh, yeah. Heather yeah. has no leg to stand. Oh, my God, yeah, no. Heather's Can we just, just discuss Heather quickly? So, oh, you know she's, she's engaged to so Tyra. Oh, my God. She's known of the year. I'm not I judging I really her. don't like her. She's she's probably my least favourite of them all because I think she's just really dumb and like Do you know what I obsessed with boys. Was really interesting the fallout with Amanda and her. Oh over yeah. The children because yeah. I completely understood Amanda's side of it, which was so basically for anyone that hasn't yeah. seen, um, Amanda and Heather are in the office and Heather's talking about meeting and hanging out with her new boyfriend, I think they've been together about a month or two months, her meeting her her new boyfriend's kids, who were like 10-ish, so, mm-hmm. you know, like, very aware, someone coming into their life that is their dad's new girlfriend, etc. And a man's was just like, oh, like, you know, you just need to be a bit careful because they're of that age where when you, if, if it doesn't work out, the children will be really affected by it. And Heather yeah. took, took offence straight away, being like, you're saying it's not going to work out? 
just say and it's like it's been I a know, month God. like you would be silly to think that it was like do you know what I mean and I I'm just thought that is actually really true with stepchildren and and having been like some a couple of people's <laughs> stepchildren mm-hmm. that is really difficult and I think that would be really hard for the child to you've got no reason to see them if they break up with your parents again even if they've been in your life for x amount of years when you're a certain age yeah so yeah I just thought that was just and she just held a grudge against Amanda for like the whole series because she no. said that one time. I know. She's she's very irritating. <laughs> yeah. But what else have you been watching, Al? Oh god. Um, okay. I'm trying to think back. But ah on the on the back of selling sunsets, a bit tired <laughs> like I was in the mood and I got a recommendation from a couple of people. Below deck. I still need to watch this. Oh my god, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. So I think the first two episodes are on Netflix. The uh, two series, sorry, are on Netflix. And it basically follows a crew of yachties, which are people that work on a yacht over like the yacht season, mm-hmm. as they go on a yacht, obviously, um, and serve people that hire out the yacht. So people can hire out the yacht for a trip for like a day or like a week. And it follows the crew as they kind of work on the yacht together. So you've got the people that work on the actual boat, like with god this is gonna say steering um (laughs) and kind of like keeping it clean and keeping the mechanics going and then you obviously follow kind of like the um front of house crew as well but they live in these tiny like quarters they do really long days they go out and get drunk together when they can so there's a lot of like low level drama um but it's also just I just love looking at how the other half live in terms of the rich people. Yeah. And how they treat the staff is really interesting as well. And then the staff's opinions on how they're treating them, like seeing that in real time is really interesting. I'm definitely going to watch. Yeah. And you see, you know, like obviously relationships form, romantic relationships form. Oh. So it's, it's brilliant. It's still going. I need to watch the latest series, but I think you have to have Hey You. So. Oh, annoying. Yeah. What about you? Anything else? Um... Yes, well, my watching was quite mainstream, I think. I was um, furloughed for a period of time, and um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, (laughs) 90s throwback, was put up on Amazon Prime and Channel 4, and so it had a bit of a resurgence, and I was like, you know what, I think I caught one or two episodes when I was a wee bab, but um, yeah, got back into it. How many series are you? so good. It's well, it's sev- it's like the longest series ever, which is why I started it in lockdown and I was like, Oh, this will be a lockdown watch. I've no idea, Donnell. How many are there? There are seven. Yeah. But oh my god, they're like twenty episodes per one and they're all like forty minutes or something. God, that's like challenging films. It's very challenging. But also really good. But yeah, I'm kinda of like dipping in and out, but it is really, really good. It's I'm on series three and it's just like I'm just so impressed with how well the feminism has aged really which is really rare and i think that's what keeps me watching and also all the characters are great but like um quite unusual because obviously you watch friends now and you're a bit like oh yeah like that that was a bit weird but like in this it's like it's all still so relevant that's so and, good it was and more... it, she's so great as a main character because she's literally like like a cheerleader who's like more and she's so obsessed with like boys and like interested in everything but she's also like so badass and then they're worried about school and studying and, like, all the characters are different and none of them are, like, cool and none of them are, like, the kind of typical female superhero that you'd see. Okay. Yeah. No, That's it's... really good. It's really good. And it's actually, like, laugh-out-loud funny. Isn't it? And it's really meta and self-aware. Like, some of the episodes, it will be, like, at a frat party or something and then, like, these guys will be, like, making a move to, like, assault, like, these oh. women. 
but then it turns out they're like this some weird monster but it's all so meta and aware and i'm like this is really funny and clever it's by um joss whedon who did like the avengers like back when they were good you know um <laughs> when were the avengers good i don't know i think in the early ones i think they were funny like yeah. when were the yeah. avengers good <laughs> well i don't know before um, it got a bit anti-feminist in my view but yeah um well, so i would recommend okay just as you've said kind of about the high school like disrupting the usual high school clique he narrative. wrote it i think the reason he said that he wrote it was that he was fed up of seeing the girl like what she was in action figures before that so like pre-90s how she was just there and she was like the bobshell damsel in distress but literally like did nothing bitch. so he took the bitchy character mm. like the blonde one with highlights and made her the main character and made her amazing and multi-dimensional yeah which is what people are exactly um so okay off the back of that off that just piggybacking off of that <laughs> fucking corporate language there um euphoria is very oh. much like that in a sense that so tell me about euphoria because i've heard about this oh god it's fantastic i've got a recommendation <laughs> from rach and from pete sorry pete i did get the recommendation from you a year ago and cara oh but i didn't have the ability to watch it but rach has got now tv and it's on there oh so i see okay to watch it basically it follows it follows lots of different characters, but it starts by following Zendaya's character, who is a oh, girl. Oh, she's in it! Yeah. Oh my god! And she, um, she has had um a drug like drug addiction and alcohol abuse problems, um, f- since a very young age because she's had um experiences with depression and OCD, mm-hmm. um, and so it follows her. It starts where she comes out of rehab, um, to start the new school year, so she's still quite young. I think they're about sixteen, seventeen. And it's her going back to hometown and kind of like picking up with old friends. Um, and then it just follows like that kind of high school narrative, but it's completely different to a normal high school narrative. It's not like there's a popular group who are really bitchy and it's and there's it doesn't follow that. So it's kind of more normal in the sense what well, I think this was my kind of like experience of school and college and stuff is but everyone's aware of who everyone is and everyone knows everyone and everyone yeah. gets on pretty well yeah you've got friends that you're close to but there's no like cliques and yeah. there's no like oh my god they're the popular i hate yeah that. yeah so she kind of picks up with different friends that she's been friends with over the years and it, and then it, it segues into their sort of like experience and what's going on in their personal life yeah um but the main i would say the main character for me is jules Oh. oh my god, I'm in love with her. <laughs> so she is this trans woman, and the act, the actress is a trans woman as well. Oh, brilliant! Um, who jo- comes to the town? So she's moved from like a city, and she comes and moves into that town with her dad, and she befriends Zendaya's character. Yeah, and they become best friends, and there's kind of like a complicated relationship where it's like, is is something going to happen with them or not? There's mixed feelings between the crossover between like being a best friend with someone and like falling in love with them but them not reciprocating it don't want to ruin it um and then there's kind of like there is like the classic sort of jock character but he's got a lot of like anger issues he's quite abusive to his girlfriend and he kind of gets involved with um oh god i don't want to give anything no away. no don't give anything away you but are really selling just, it though i'm all very of these keen characters and it dives into their complex lives and their complex individual issues that go on while you're living a normal high school life and interacting with everyone as if, as if everything is fine. Yeah. And it's just really woke um, in the sense that it explores, Ooh. you know, like, trans... Like, it, it, I think it's just the first time I've really ever seen... No, maybe not, because I guess Orange is the New Black, but the first time that, like... 
There's trans good, experiences explained. There's a good documentary about seen. it on Netflix called Disclosure, all about trans representation in oh, media. Interesting, Just I'll watch that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but definitely watch Euphoria. You will love it. Oh yeah, so no, good. I think I really will. Thank watching, you for that. What else have you been watching? Um, I also fell hard for Drag Race. <laughs> <laughs> like I'd watched it before, but I think I just needed it in lockdown. There was an All Stars series that was so so good. American, yeah. Yeah, I mean Drag Race UK is where my heart's at. Um, and I'm very sad that it's been postponed, but um. Yeah, no, it was great. All the, the phrases just came into my daily life. Like, my housemate would be like, oh, what are you having for dinner? And I was like, tonight I'm serving <laughs> <laughs> spaghetti bolognese. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I feel like I don't really need to explain it to people. But just cracking stuff really gets you in a good mood if you're feeling down. That sounds good. What else have you been watching now? Just a final one. Um, Restarted Sex and the City. We've got about... Oh, another classic. Five or six series in. Is a classic and interesting you say that about the Buffy thing because it, it hasn't aged as well. Yeah, I, I would lie. say that, yeah. Um, But, yeah, actually, no, it really hasn't. There's this episode actually talking about kind of like trans visibility. There's an episode where Samantha um, encounters a group of women in drag mm. and like yeah calls them like unfavorable discriminatory names oh, well i'm not gonna say it now yeah no 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 but um but yeah and i was just like god this is very of its time yeah but then there are, and, and i think also you know we've talked before i think about maybe how carrie is a bit of a problematic character oh, god, yeah. i mean really miranda is probably the only one who you could call like a twenty first century potentially yeah but well, I still I still you can still enjoy it but it's inter- yeah I think that makes it even more enjoyable because me and Rachel were watching it and we would be like oh god that wouldn't pass now because yeah. X Y and Z or that would be a bit different today because of this you so you can still enjoy it for what it was but it's just I think maybe it's just about consciously understanding what is wrong with it now yeah but yeah I I've been enjoying that it's also on Now TV Now TV has been a bit of a lifesaver to be honest. That's great. Um, not got any any books, any poddies? What do you want to do? Oh, I can do my poddies. Go on, go for um, it. Oh, I've been raving about this one. Brown Girls Do It Too. Them. I love it. It's BBC Asian Network. It's three women, Poppy, Roya and Rabina. Yeah. And they um, just talk about sex, really frankly, and really, really funny. Like, they, they are just so good. Um yeah, they just go through lots of different issues. They talk about, like, one of them went through an arranged marriage. They talk about, like, the rise of Tinder and online dating. And they all talk about it, like, filtered through their own personal experiences. Mm. Um, it's really funny. It feels like the kind... It's like a really efficient podcast, if that makes sense. Unlike ours. <laughs> but I feel like they don't, they don't ramble. It's literally like every word is kind of gold. And it's really, like... They're, they're just really funny people. And everything they say, I think, is, like relevant and important and it's really nicely structured and i think it's just a really important listen i want everyone to listen to it i want my dad to listen to it you know do you think your dad would enjoy it (sighs) no (laughs) it's not about concrete (laughs) or world war ii planes so it's a bit out of his uh interest (laughs) but um would highly recommend have you been listening to any other podcasts i have i have been listening to oh my new favorite podcast is after work drinks I need to listen to this. With Izzy and Grace. Oh, my God. I don't know why. I think I found it through Pandora Sykes. She advertised it once. She thinks she was in an episode. I just thought, oh, God, I need something new to listen to. 
And it honestly, for me, is the perfect mix between the receipts and the high-low. Oh, nice. So they're two, they're actually two magazine editors. Mm. Um, so they've got like print publishing, pop culture backgrounds, and also in fashion. Um, one's from New Zealand and one is from Australia. They live in London. Um, and they, uh, they're best friends. So I think, you know, if I'm saying about dynamics, I would say they have a similar dynamic to us. <laughs> but they obviously are just much more well-read. But yeah. they, again, they talk about like the little tiny things that are kind of like irrelevant in terms of like wider scale and then they'll also talk about important political issues and mishmash them together and they do what i love is that they do two episodes a week yeah so it's really consistent they have um guests on so they had naomi wolf on the other day and then they had like a politician from the youngest politician in new zealand on um, oh i'd be ago talking about like uh legalizing marijuana like really interesting guests um and they just I just like the way that, yeah, their patter is just good together. And again, like, it's a mix between giving a bit of way about their personal lives, like in the receipts. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they've talked about, like, breakups they've been going through and, like, mental health issues and family illnesses, but also then picking up and talking about the latest, like, episode of something ridiculous and how they're in love with Paul Mescal. I, I think really you would really like enjoy it, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so oh, I nice. love that. What else have you been podding? Um, another pod that I loved was just this one episode that really sticks in my mind. It's like one of the best episodes I've listened to oh, wow. in ages. I've already told you about this, but it was the Annie Mack has a podcast called Changes. And it was her episode with Rylan. And I absolutely love Rylan. And it was just such a good interviewer. He's an amazing interviewee because he's just so honest and also nice and funny and candid. And he's just like... It, it talks about him and his relationship with fame and she's kind of says like starts the interview with oh we can see just see you everywhere rylan you know you're on the you're on bbc you're doing strictly you're doing radio too you do supermarket sweep you do ready steady cook and he's just like yeah and then she's just like how how are you doing all this and he was just like i think i'm just a nice guy and like he works hard yeah and it's so true and then he talks about him like an x factor and about how like um he made the conscious decision like he at first he was like in it you know wanting to seriously sing then he sees the press realizes that he is the joke act of that year and he like makes the decision like i can either leave well that was like i'm committed to being a serious sinner or i can embrace my role as the joke act and go as far as i can go and make the active decision to become famous yeah and he talks about how he makes the decision to become famous and how he still makes that decision like every day like i would choose the fame by picking like super yeah, sweet to do yeah. And stuff. yeah but he still like says you know i do want to keep like my private life private and everything he's not like like posting every minute of his day but he does understand like he basically really understands the currency of fame mm. and it was such an interesting discussion and i just absolutely love him and i just thought it was such a good episode i'm gonna listen to it again oh send that to me i need to listen to that yeah we'll do highly recommend anything else to listen to that yeah, so this is a recommendation that they've actually stopped posting episodes. I think I hope they'll start up again soon, but I've just been backlogging. Um, it's called Just the Tip, the Tinder District. Oh. Okay, let me just sell it to you here. <laughs> so it's two women, um, Jessie and Sarah, who live in LA, and they literally just talk about them dating and what's going on in their lives with dating. And it's just so refreshing to hear about women who are dating multiple people at the same time and when Mm. I say dating I mean like 
the American style of like going on dates, going on like fifth or sixth dates, sleeping with men, but not being like boyfriend or girlfriend with them. And just literally they're so, they're kind of like how I want to live if I lived abroad, which is like just spontaneous. Mm. So she'll just be like, yeah, like the other day, um, we just decided to go to this bar and then we met these people, we were dancing on the table and then I was like, yeah, fuck it, let's go to this other bar and I met someone and then I, I gave them my number and then I'm going on a date with them tomorrow and I'm just like, God, that's so exciting. <laughs> like they just live exciting lives in that sense. Um, but yeah, they talk about sort of like what's going on in their lives, but then also issues and stuff with dating like if a guy and they'll do like live texting so say one of them has a problem she's like yeah he's been a bit distant they'll be like right let's send the text now so they write the text while they're live on the podcast and then send it and then wait for the reply and read it out so it's really like you feel involved but i think it was just i started listening to it when we were in lockdown and i think it just gave me and i was listening to back episodes obviously before they were in lockdown as well and i just it just got me like re-excited for like life again and like dating and doing all the fun things that you want to be able to do when you're like our age um so yeah they haven't posted an episode since the 24th of july but that was actually a good one that was talking about being friends with an ex um and they've also done an episode about going out with people during lockdown or like dating during lockdown so yeah i would really recommend for some like light-hearted well, thank you. No, I need this. I need some new potty recommendations. Yeah, definitely give it a go. Have you, got, have you got one more for me? Well, I think I've mentioned it before, but just <laughs> another thing to say in lockdown, I got very much into Shag Marinoid. Oh, yeah. Oh, I think they're so great. You can so tell they're in love. I know. And their episode on um, Fern Cotton's Happy Place podcast say. was really, really good. Yeah. I thought that was so nice and like revealing about like how long they were together and how they were so smitten when they got together when just... she was like we were so in love weren't we and he was like were we were so in love she was like no no but we were so in I love. i know and like they're so successful now like obviously with the book and they won like the podcast awards and stuff but i love it when they talk about robin they like about how him. him getting his glasses and stuff and like oh they're just so jokes but yeah i really enjoy enjoy a little pick me up shag annoyed episode have you listened to the episode where they talk about them going camping in that motorhome and chris has to carry like the shit to the oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that obviously had me like howling oh my i God. do love them yeah they i fell so out of it for a bit i think because it was my do you know what i think it was giving me ptsd because it was my morning commute oh i see and then it was associated so yeah it was associated with like driving at 6 30 a.m to work yeah stop listening for a bit but now i'm back on it yeah no it's good it's another little light listen what about you um i've got one more just a general um recommendation don't have a specific episode to listen to but every now and again when i'm like reflecting on like um kind of like work and my personal brand or where I want to go with work or any insecurities (laughs) about I have like obviously I think in the positions that we are in in work i.e like new new stuff so we've been there a year now but Mm -hmm. kind of like being young in our career I listen to the uh, squiggly careers podcast which is these two women who are like like basically professional career advice people and they have different topics and they can talk about like i don't know it's just a bit more uplifting and it gives you practical steps to kind of make changes in your work behavior and think differently about yourself at work so if you're feeling insecure about i don't know presenting or something they'll talk about tips and but then they'll also talk about women in the workplace and how you can utilize your network to get where you want to get so i just think that's like a nice little addition i don't listen to it all the time but if i just need a bit of a 
yeah. pick me up or something or a bit of a distraction or some like advice I guess on work stuff and it's a pretty good podcast for that. I actually went to a workshop with them. And Did you? um yeah, because I think they're they're penguin authors. Yeah, I was gonna and, say and um it was quite interesting because it ties into our earlier generational discussion because I think they were talking about like picture a staircase. Like that is kind of the more like linear um progression that like the generation before us might have had in yeah. their work whereas now it's that's why they're called squiggly careers it's nothing like that anymore and everyone's like to use emma gannon's term like a multi-hyphener and yeah. like i've got all these different things going on and you can get promoted through different means and it's all like very online and all of and this like a career step across is not a career step down yes exactly and that. it's necessary to go up yeah, yeah exactly and all of that and that's quite comforting so yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Oh, I, I think that little listen. Yeah, definitely do. Yeah. Any books? Any books? Any books? Oh, so many books. I feel like it's interesting to see the trends in lockdown. I think when it first started, I was like, read, 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 and then I was same as you. I went through a bit of a rut. Yeah, but you're out. I'm stuck in the rut. Just came out of the rut, feeling very good about coming what out of my rut. Was the vanishing half? Oh, context. You've just Bennett. given that to me. So I tell have me just what given it about. to you to read. Um, it's really good. It's set in America, in a little town called Mallard, I think, where basically um the people who live there are coloured to use the term in the book, but they're very light skinned, and with each generation they're getting lighter and lighter. Right. And then the story focuses on these two twin sisters who are very light skinned but still coloured. Um, and how they decide to, one decides to live their life at passing as white and one decides to live their life as black. And then it goes into that and how they're separate, how they're separate and like how their lives are different and like, will they get back together or blah, 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 blah. And it was just so page turning and grippy. Oh God, I want to It was really, really good. And it got me out of my rut. Oh, I'm in the rut. I am deep in the rut. Highly recommend yeah, I think you'd really like it. Rut Recommendation 101, then. Rut Recommendation 101. Okay. What about you, Elle? Well, I was in the rut. I honestly haven't read <laughs> since May. It's really bad. Well, we haven't recorded since about March. Exactly. So, so there's not <laughs> yeah, much to be honest. I don't even think there's anything worth mentioning, honestly. Oh, my God. Yeah, I've been really not enjoying a lot of books that I've tried to read. And I'm not normally like that. No, I'm sure you've read things and told me about them. No, I have not. I've not. Tell me more. No, I'm, I've am i got a list and I just think, I didn't even enjoy them that much. Oh, God. Well, you're allowed to say things you don't like. Okay. Um, okay. I'm a bit concerned about the first one because I am borrowing that today. Yeah, okay. Well, no. <laughs> Tell I... me about it and see if I... Okay, yeah. so I read If I Had Your Face by Francis Cha. Because I really want to read this. I did like it. Do you know what I liked? I'm taking I liked it home with kind me. of like learning a bit more, obviously learning more about like... I feel like a lot of the books I read are set in Western culture. Yeah. Um. So learning about culture in south korea um and about kind of like beauty it was about like beauty culture exactly and, yeah no so it was interesting but i just think it got to the end and i was like oh is that it it's one uh, of those. I yeah i did those. like it though um it follows a few different characters who are all friends in different ways had grown up together in orphanages or met um through work or the, the flat that they all managed to live in together um and i guess it follows yeah kind of God, it is quite depressing in a way because it, it really emphasises, like, pretty privilege. Um, oh. Yeah, and how... I don't know if this is true, but in the book, you know, obviously, um, mm. people will spend all their money on getting plastic surgery alterations to their face and body in order to fit the pretty privilege, which will allow them to live, basically, an average life. Yeah, like, wow. to live... 
a kind of normal life where you're not struggling to put food on the table, you have to be like beautiful. You can't just be a normal looking person. See, I find that that see, I think it sounds really interesting, but that's a shame about the potential ending. I will read and feedback. Yeah, no, it was good though. I actually now I'm thinking about it. And then I also read <laughs> Surrounded by Idiots, um, which of I like dipped in and out of um over a long period of time, but I just love personality oh, analysis. Yeah. And the classic yellow in me skipped past a lot of other people's colours. Because <laughs> you asked to read about it and then I, I bet that's back. what a lot of people do. I don't know. It's a yellow personality. Well, watch the space. But yeah, so I just love... So if you've ever done the personality test at work or um, online to do with colours, mm. um, then would definitely recommend because it delves into those. And I think reading about other people's colours, which I did do eventually, yeah, um, can be quite good for like... Yeah, understanding other people's reactions to your actions or your thoughts and remembering, I know this is such a basic point, but like remembering that not everyone kind of like processes everything in the same way as you. Yeah. Um, and I think that would be good. And, and especially in terms of work, that's really useful because I'm the sort of person that if you don't send like an upbeat email, I'll be like, God, they hate me. Like, no, they don't. They're just being efficient. Like. Yeah, exactly. So um, I think it's actually good guidance for like communicating with different people at work and working together on projects with them. So yeah. Those are two strong recommendations. Don't beat yourself down. Well, let's go back to yours because they'll be more interesting. Oh, I don't know. But um, I have enjoyed quite a few books lately. I am just in the final pages of Know My Name by Chanel yes. Miller. She's so good. Um, she wrote that on her own, right? Yeah, because wow. she actually studied creative writing, and so she <gasps> yeah. is a writer. And she does acknowledge in the book when she's like, my destiny was to become a writer. Um, I'm sad that this is the topic oh, that I'm writing about, but I would have become a writer anyway. Because I think, yeah, context, it's about, um, probably heard in the news a few years ago about the Brock Turner rape case, which happened on Stanford campus. Um, and everyone on all the press reported, oh, he was due to go into the Olympics. He was yeah. an amazing swimmer. And then no one really talked about her. She was just Emily Doe because she was protected by the court system, like as a victim, like her anonymity was protected, even though her family's wasn't. So like people did kind of figure out it was her. Um, and then she's basically written about the story from her point of view and like all the legal proceedings and how it really disrupted her life, like this event that she can't even remember um, and how people were so quick to... Um, try and frame it so that she wanted it or whatever oh to let God. Brock off the hook because he was such a good swimmer and all of this. Um, and it's just such a powerful piece of writing and she's such a talented writer. But basically her um, victim statement, I forget the name of it, but that she read out in court to Brock went viral. Yes, like, I think I read um, it. Yeah, I yeah. think I read it too because I re- remember it. Um, and it is so, so powerful. And, like, even, like, Joe Biden and people kind of messaged her, like, wow, like, wow. this is amazing and everything. Um, and, yeah, she's written a book, and I just rec- highly recommend that everyone read it. So powerful. Really, it's, like, a hard read, but I think it should be a hard read. Yeah. Like, and I couldn't get through more than, like, I don't know, 30 pages or something in a session because I just found it quite, like, draining. And, obviously, I know it's such, like, I'm so removed from the situation, and that is her life, that it's that level of draining all oh, the time. Yeah. But, yeah, very important read. Amazing piece of publishing. Can I borrow that? You definitely can. Who published it? Oh, well, it's um, well, it's not technically mine, Grace's, but, you know, we'll probably see each other soon. Yeah. <laughs> um, Who published it? That was Penguin. Oh, of that course was, it was. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> <laughs> another amazing book that I read is Homegoing. Oh, I've, I can see that right now on my bookshelf. All these books I'm lending you, Elle. Mate, I, I told you, you enjoy. I'm, I'm going to get you out the rut, because Homegoing is another 
fantastic piece of publishing. Is um, that Penguin? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Funny. Um, yourself on the back there, mate. I did absolutely nothing towards that, but anyway. <laughs> Um, again, always oh, got a bit of a theme today, but it's about two sisters again. Ooh. Um, and it's a very generational story. It's basically about the legacy of slavery is how I would sum it up. Mm-hmm. But it begins with these two sisters on the slave coast in Africa. Is that what it's called? The Gold Coast? It won't be the Gold Coast. Um, but yeah, one of them is, <laughs> don't chuckle, it's the Gold <laughs> Coast, the LA place. God, Gold Coast in Australia. Know. Oh, Sorry. I get my coastlines confused. <laughs> anyway, this is quite a serious subject. And um, one sister becomes a slave and then the other one becomes a slaver's wife. Oh, God. Okay. I know. Yeah, so they're both sold these different ways. And the story, like each chapter is another generation. So the chapter of, them, of their um... children and then it like alternates between them and it brings it right up to the present day. And so basically, does it show how... So good. It shows how they migrate across to America, ends in America. Right. But does it ultimately... I'm just intrigued to see if yeah. it shows how... Um, kind of, like, differences in family life from so long ago does still impact. Yeah. Yeah, generation. it's about, like, the legacy of it yeah. and, like, how slavery, like, and how they were disadvantaged in those early days yeah and how that means like that with each generation they're still beaten down that's in I mean, some yeah. respect yeah okay yeah. interesting God, that's so unfair. good and so like you know when a story's just like well planned and like well knitted together oh I like and like so neatly done and i was just like i'm gonna reread this you oh, know when really? you close a book and you're like that'll be reread many times okay right which and one first which are what of the ones i've recommended to you do vanishing half okay and then homegoing okay yeah but um, Home Going, really exciting. I think she's publishing a sequel this month, next month. Um, and it is set, like, where the story ends. I don't think it's going through the generations, but I think it's just set there. And it's, um, yeah. It's about, like, pretty pre that idea. I will be, yes. Very Paper exciting. Copy, mate, <laughs> <laughs> Highly doubt that will happen this year. But, um, yeah. I think we had a few recommendations there, Al. We did, Jesus Christ. This is the longest consumer we've ever done. I know. Well, we haven't talked about the most important consumption of all. Your favourite, you... No, you go. I've just rambled about my little books, haven't I? Go on, Al. Oh, shit. Because it's been so long, um, I think we should discuss... Well, you can have two meals, basically. Maybe one home-cooked, one meal out, or whatever. But I want to hear the best thing you've consumed. Oh my god, okay. Um, um, um. So we're doing HelloFresh at the moment, just want to give them a shout out. Not oh my god. At all, but I, it's you, changed my life. You are giving them a shout out every single time I see you. HelloFresh has changed my life. Are you trying to get an ad? Are you trying I'm to become trying to an ambassador? Do you hear that, HelloFresh? Elle Picton will sell no, I'm your product. with it, it's so good. The variety of food that you get, the, just, it's made me enjoy cooking again. Aww. Yeah, I love it. We've not, not had it this week because, um... Basically, not all three of us were in the house enough yeah. to like warrant having all the ingredients, but and I've really missed it. I've just been like, oh god, gotta make a chili again. Great. Whereas it's like every week is <laughs> something new. Um, you can be exciting without a box telling you to be exciting. No, girl. you can't be. I can't I'd get bored of reading recipes. Um, okay, but the best thing that I consumed, god, over the whole of lockdown. I'm just gonna give myself a pat on the back for this this aubergine parmesan thing. Oh, I made. that does sound oh, good. Oh my god, it's so good. So the tip. The tip is, which was given to me by Pete, so thanks Pete, is that when you do the aubergine, so you basically fry them yeah. before you put them on top of the sauce that you make, the Ooh. garlicky tomatoey sauce. 
And when you fry them, you put honey straight onto them Ooh. to each aubergine slice that you fry. Classic Greek giving yeah. me a tip. So you put on honey and then you put on like mixed herbs. Wow. So that they're fried into it and on it rather than like sprinkling it over the top only. And that really makes a difference. Amazing. Yeah, just giving a secret away, Sophie. Um, and then best good. meal out. Do I have one? Do I have eaten out so much? It's actually ridiculous. I can't even think. You were eating out to help out where you are. I was. I've I've helped out a lot. I can say. <laughs> and the issue is now that I have um sort of like an automatic response to when someone says, "Do you want to go out for dinner?" I'm like, "Yeah," thinking it's going to be fifty percent off, and it's not. The government will be very happy that their campaign marketing worked very well I on do, you. It did. I'm a sucker. Um. Oh, actually, do you know what? All I can think of right now is I had a really good Franco manca pizza. The other oh, day. I do love a Franco manca. So, let me just say they're very hit and miss. They are because. It's quite a basic menu, especially yeah. for veggie. Yeah. Um. So I always just end up getting the veg special, mm. and that can sometimes be not that great. This one was insane. So it was one a huge base. Great. Yeah, perfect already. You know when it says little tomato, and you're like, why would you not have any tomato on the base? So oh. I I was like, put like please can I have tomato on paid for that. So tomato base, mozzarella cheese. Then it had um roasted sun-dried tomatoes Ooh, on there that nice. were like glazed in something delicious like oil I don't know what olives caramelised onions this I don't even know what it was called this kind of like spinach thing but was really sweet tasting really nice Ooh. don't know what it was and then parmesan chunks on top Ooh. like grated oh my god it was delicious I've got to fancy it now that sounds lovely and then I used M's pesto dip for the crusts thanks M oh yeah, I agree with you on Frank and Manka being hit and miss. I don't think you should get them for takeaway because I think no, by the time awful. it hits you, it's cold and shit. Yeah, and they also put no toppings on it for takeaway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know why. We see you, Frank and Manka. We, we see, see you. you. But the rest of the time, love them. Click and collect. So good. I've had great experiences. And they're not dickheads in that they um let you get vegan cheese for no extra cost. Yeah, that is good. Like, oh, it's you. 50% off until October. Really? Yeah. They're doing it out to help out. We still, can do our duty. Well, we I did my duty on Tuesday. <laughs> I did my duty. I had a um a pizza. I had a starter. We had a side salad and two bottles of wine for thirty pounds for me. Oh my god! I know. I was pissed. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> like literally came home drunk. Well done, Elle. Well done. You really did your bit there. Oh, What's amazing. Your, go on, tell me your your two. My minios. two consumios. Well, this is quite a basic meal, but I've judged it up. Okay. I've become obsessed with spaghetti bolognese. What? Yes, Elle. Let me tell you for why. why. It's because the ragu that I make is quite, well, you know me, I just obviously stuff it with lots of different vegetables. So it's got in like the peppers, the mushrooms, the courgette, the carrot. I do a bit of aubergine in there as well. And I use green lentils and the chopped tomatoes. Then for flavour, so I've got the mixed herbs. I've discovered you put a bit of marmite in. Oh. A bit of balsamic vinegar because I never have red wine in. And then all of that together and it all simmers and it's all really nice, really good. Then you get the spaghetti, and I don't know which one of my housemates has this, but we've got like this extra virgin olive oil, really nice. So you put that on the spaghetti, yeah. then you put the spaghetti on, then I serve it with like spinach and rocket and olives and oh, cheese. Yum. Oh my god. And it's such a good combination. Oh. I'm just thinking gonna, about it now. Yeah. I'm going to make that tomorrow. Do you put peppers in your spag bowl? Yeah, I put everything in there. It's a ragu, really. Maybe okay. a spag bowl isn't the right term. It's not really a bolognese. Yeah. I know, it's not really meat and tomato, is it? It's yeah. more me putting all my veg in. That sounds it's good, a ragu. I'm going to start putting it's all in my pasta before. Oh, I... my God, yeah. And salt. 
Mm. And butter, maybe, as well. Mm. Yeah. Just give that, that little lift. That little lift. Have you got another one? I do. Unlike you, I didn't actually eat out that I much. I did both of us, then. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciated. But I did cook from cookbooks a lot with my housemates. So I'm just going to do a little plug for um, Ottolenghi Flavour. Tell me you published that. Out 3rd of September, published by Ebury. <laughs> available in all good bookshops, Waterstones, Amazon, <laughs> Independence. <laughs> anyway... Um, we cooked, it was quite amazing. The ingredients were really rogue, but actually not that expensive. Okay. So, just to show you some of the rogue ingredients, black garlic, dried porcini mushrooms, chestnuts. I know, but they can all be found in a Sainsbury's. Good Sainsbury's near you. Um, and it was so good because between three of us, we made, so what we made was, one meal was mushroom ketchup with tender stem broccoli with like nori flakes and crushed salted peanuts on top okay amazing with a side of dirty rice it's called which is like a cajun louisiana style thing and it's like rice and it's like chestnuts and onions and garlic but like you don't burn it but you like really get it quite dark and then you get the rice in and all the seasoning in and then together it's just a winning combination really really good and then between us that was like six pound each and we'd got these really bougie ingredients and we had like leftovers for the next day. Oh my god. I was very impressed. That's amazing. With can our you, culinary can evening. Can you cook me Otto soon? Yes, I can. Uh, that's a commitment here on Feeds tonight that Morgana will cook me an Otto meal. Yeah. You do well, they, your housemates shamed us last night. They were cooking from Otto weren't they? Well, we had our fajita pack. <laughs> hey! Hey! I know, I will, I will not do the fajita shamed. pack. I haven't had fajitas in months. I'd actually been craving it for yeah, a long I time now. I was so excited. It used to be a weekly staple, now I haven't had it in months. Because you know what? Fucking HelloFresh doesn't do fajitas. Oh, well, that's kind of a good <laughs> thing. I want us to keep our exclusive. Yeah. But that's quite a nice note to end it on, us ending with our little fajita story. Yeah, lovely. Well, we will be back again, hopefully sooner than this last break. I think we should commit to doing sooner. Yeah. Otherwise, we do... just build up, don't let's we? Let's do it once a month. That's a good. Oh, I wouldn't put a date on it, huh? No, I'm just saying once a month. Okay. I'm not saying we will do it in a month, but we could do no, it. No, no, we're going to try. We, we, we can do that. I think we can October do that. October will have an episode. Yeah. Yeah. That is a commitment, that is a promise. Thank you for listening to our incredibly long ramble, but there was a lot of stuff to catch up on, wasn't there? There was, yeah, indeed. Um, and we will catch you on the flip side, i.e. in October at some point, hopefully. In October maybe. at some point. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.